0: This week on Gaming the Podcast, we're focusing our attentions on a single individual. Hideo Kojima, the man behind the Metal Gear Solid franchise, the more recent Death Stranding, as well as the likes of PT, Snatcher, and Policenauts. He's been called a legend, an icon, a visionary, and also, in some quarters, he's been called overrated and self-indulgent is he any of these things? Is he all of these things? As ever, I'm John Robertson and I'll be joined by Stace Harmon. If you enjoy the episode, then please do share it with your friends and we'll be very grateful if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes as it does help us a great deal in reaching
1: new people. Without further ado, on with the show. So it's a seemingly simple question to start with and that question is, do you think that Hideo Kojima deserves his reputation for better or for worse, and for everything that you might take that as, do you think that he deserves the reputation that he has? <laughs> um, for better or for worse, I think he deserves the for better
0: bit of it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's hard to, I would say that it's hard to um, argue seriously against the idea that he's had an enormous impact um in how games are made what people think a game can be um even specific design elements i mean like stealth combat stealth elements in games are basically still copied from metal Gear solid they are they're they're still basically the same thing they Mm -hmm. have like a a phase in which you're invisible a phase in which you're caught a phase in which you're trying to be invisible again and like a cooldown on that like it's basically the same thing still in basically every single stealth game um but i think the i think the main thing that gives him that means that his reputation is deserved on on the positive sense and we'll come to some of his reputation is what some people don't like him for um in a bit but it's kind of one and the same thing and so there was this gdc talk in which he himself spoke about one of his sort of defining principles or goals in game design is to make the impossible possible um in the games that he gives people you know he wants them to feel like oh wow like i i am seeing this thing that i thought is impossible and me as a player i'm doing this thing that i thought was impossible um and that allows him to you know explore things that other people don't explore um give us experiences that we've not seen before not felt before um, and I think he largely has succeeded on that. Like, he does invent genres. Like, he basically invented a stealth action genre, Death Stranding, like, whatever genre that is, he's invented that.
1: <laughs> Much um, to the chagrin of marketing departments everywhere. Yeah, I think you're probably right. He does invent genres, which doesn't, doesn't make it easy to sell these things up front, but, you know, who cares? Ultimately, yeah, but they still does. sell millions of copies. Mm.
0: Um, and. Uh, So I think, yeah, so so he's a true visionary in that sense, I think. Like, he doesn't just take what is there and try to refine it or copy it. He, He will literally go sideways and do something else. And I think that does propel him forwards more than... I think the absolute vast, 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 vast majority of people of anyone who's ever tried to design a game before, Um, because it's not just that he's trying to just be—he's not just trying to do things that are just like obscure and weird for the sake of it. He's doing, and it's and it's not just impossible things in terms of like the tech that he's using or this game design element. He's taking some quite serious emotions and feelings and, you know, pure kind of humane level things and trying to develop a game that speaks to people back out. Like, you know, his games have a lot of combat in it, have a lot of death in it, have a lot of violence in it. But that's not really what they're about. Those things are just devices used to explore other other elements of society or other elements of the human condition. And Mm. I think he's pretty... Um, well, more than pretty. He's very, very successful in that. Um, but then on the same token, people ridicule him for being overly weird and too difficult to sort of understand. And so that that impossible, making the impossible possible remark is also just going to be more fuel to the fire for that crowd. Um, which is where some of his kind of, detractors will say that he's um, there, there's an interesting bit I was uh, that, you know he's, he's overly serious there's interest I was replaying Death Stranding in anticipation of this podcast and the first song credit that comes up is a song that's called yeah. Don't Be So Serious yeah. and surely that is just a yeah. nod to those
1: people who are like why, why are you so serious all yeah. the time Hideo? Like- and do you know what I think I'm pretty sure that I, I, I remember that as you hear that refrain for the first time I think within a second or two the name that comes on screen is Hideo Kojima. I yeah, think it's, 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 yeah. it's one of his many credits and it's like I mean on the come opposite on, not, side as well yeah, of the sun this title. Not, this is not coincidental. It's uh yeah there's I think also the, the making the impossible possible thing I th- and the things he gets criticized for do yeah I think you're right there's a, an element of one and the same to an extent and I th- and what I don't understand about that is what would be preferable to that. Like, the notion that he has these, this idea of trying to achieve something that he himself may not reach and may know it isn't possible to enact the full extent of his vision, but he's going to try, and he's going to get some way there. I prefer that idea. I prefer that idea of, like, let's start with something that's really difficult, if not impossible, to achieve, and at least we'll get some way there, rather than not trying to do it at all and not getting any other way there. Like, I could I could just try and do something that I, I know... I am well I am well versed in or I am fully capable of, uh and it'll I'll crank out this very nicely polished, incredible thing. Incredible in a in a different sense. But I won't have taken a step forward, or as many steps forward as I want. And that's like that's a that's one of the big draws for me to Kojima. I might not always love his games. I mean, Death Stranding, for the record, Death Stranding is my favourite game of his. It's the one that talked to me the most. It's the one that had the biggest impact on me. And it's also one that several weeks ago now, if not several months ago, we talked about on the podcast as that was my pick for a game that I love but would never play again. I'm actually starting to rethink that. I Recently, in, in prep for this podcast, I've been going back and looking at videos, reading things listening to the soundtrack of uh, of death stranding and it's drawing me back in it's certainly a game that i think about you know not infrequently it's a game that i'm always happy to talk about it's a game that there is stuff to talk about it's not just oh isn't that a good game so no there's like a million things to talk about in that game uh and that some of which emanate from from the player like it's and this is that thing that i think we talked about last week or the week before about we you and i me and anybody else could play the same thing and take something different from it, and that's like, isn't that? I just find that so much more interesting than, yes, we can all universally agree that this thing is amazing. Like that doesn't. Yeah. well, that's conceptual
0: art, isn't it? So, which is, you know, we take different concepts from yeah. the same piece yeah. of work. Um, although Kojima, interestingly, has said that games can never truly be art, but we don't, we don't necessarily need to concentrate on that <laughs> argument all the time.
1: Open that can of um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what makes him interesting. I mean, yeah, even if he doesn't get all the way there with what he's trying to do. You're right. And he, he opens the door. So, so what's the, he opens the door at least for himself later or someone else to then go through mm. and continue. So he's, he's, he's opened up another, well, in this case, say game genre, if we want to classify it in that term. Um, but I think it's the themes, it's themes in his games that are just so. Mm. So interesting. Like all of his games are just layered and layered and layered on themes in Metal Gear Solid Death Stranding and in, in everything. Like um even in Snatcher, which are not played but I've I've been watching a bunch of on YouTube. Like it's it's very blade runner. It's a theme of, you know, what happens when humans become so mechanized and so cyborg that they're kind of indistinguishable from robots and you can just replace humans with robots in the end it's the same you get the same result um Mm. but they're just so theme heavy and i think with death stranding the themes in there or the themes that i pick up on there as being interesting are um so loneliness and connect being uh, and connect building connections with people which is what kojima's spoken about as well in relation to that game so i'm not like pretending that I've just sort of come up with this new reading of Death Stranding. But um it's this idea that, you know, humanity is becoming less connected, it's becoming less interesting collective well-being, collective happiness and collective progress. Um it's interesting timing with like Trump and Brexit and stuff like that. Um But when you play that game, like you're literally you're literally alone and you're playing someone called Porta Bridge, Sam Porter Bridges. So you're literally mm-hmm. carrying connections, I suppose. Yep. Um, <laughs> um And, you know, you're in this barren environment. Um, your room, that sort of white room that you have kind of lacks any kind of human elements. Um, one of the things that's really struck me about it was, uh, When I was replaying the opening few hours was that you interact through holograms and voice chats. Very rarely are you actually with another real Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's designed to mimic the idea that the player playing the game is alone and you're in and you're interacting with a machine and so and sam in the game is doing the same thing so it's almost like mirroring back at you what you're doing so in a way it's mm. kind of almost you can read it as a critiquing the idea of humans interacting with machines in this case a video game a video game system and that's adding to this less this um you know, the world being less connected. So he's almost, you know, he's almost um holding the mirror up to video games himself and saying, well, yeah, we're less connected and maybe video games is something that plays into that. Um but I think I think, yeah, that's that's sort of things that I sort of pick up on a lot in Death Stranding is yeah, connection and loneliness and and the fact that the game kind of holds up a mirror to say like isn't this actually a bit lonely what you're doing here just interacting mm. with a machine all the time um, yeah
1: and and because of that sometimes it can be a game i remember when i you when know, i when i was deep into it it would sometimes be okay i'm going to put a game on uh what do i want to play well right now i do want to play death stranding because i feel maybe I want that isolation. I want to put my headphones on. I want to turn the lights off and I want that isolation. I want kind of that escape, I guess. And I want to go trekking across the US and making connections. Or maybe I don't want to see anybody. Maybe I just want to trek up into the mountains and do a couple of, you know, pick up and drop off jobs. But by the same token, it would sometimes be the game that I didn't want to play because I didn't want the isolation. I, would, I wanted to forge connections. I wanted to you know put some music on in the background and play a multiplayer game and be far more connected and that is a game that uh not necessarily amplifies but certainly certainly facilitates or or holds that mirror up yeah sure like you can you can Get what you need from it. But at the same time, it's sometimes it's, it, it isn't what you need. It's, you, you kind of, it's not appealing to play it because it, it can make you feel more alone potentially. And like being alone is sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. You know, of course that's, that's how it works. So yeah, I, I think the, the themes. Yeah. The, I mean, certainly the, 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 the thing that I think I like about most of Kojima's games, Death Stranding in particular, but most of them is that they, A lot of them are, it feels like designed from a kind of a feel first perspective. It's not a, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, or this is going to be such an interesting gameplay loop to do it this way. It's, it's, I I take from it like a, these are the things that I, I feel and that I feel are trying to be, that Kojima's trying to convey or at least trying to set up. Uh, an environment to to engage with these things if you want to Um and yeah and Death Stranding definitely has that all over it and I think the like and this thing about this the conceptual notion of sometimes it will be something that I see and sometimes you know somebody else won't see that same thing it's I remember speaking to somebody uh an industry person let's say at least about raving about Death Stranding and saying, Oh, it was, was amazing it because e. of Kojima, this. that you were uh, talking it, to. It, it wasn't. No, uh. I didn't get through to him uh, on that particular day. But saying that it's amazing, there's, this is, there's this, there's, and I I raved about this, this one point where there's a pizza delivery and I talked about this in the previous episode of the podcast. So I won't go into the details of it now, but there's a pizza delivery and that whole thing is loaded with meaning, how you, whether you take the job in the first place, how you go about it, the work you could do in advance to make sure that you can get this particular thing to where it's going. There's a whole, like it feels like a microcosm of the entire game in this one moment mm. and that applies to the whole game like Sam Porter Bridge is on his body he's got handprints all over him which is uh, in reference to the BTs but it's also quite literally like everybody wants a piece of him they're putting their hands all over him they all want a piece of of what he can deliver Um you also throughout the game largely travel from east to west, which is, like, from right to left, which in video games terms is backwards for us in the Mm. west. That's a... In most games, it's, you know, it's left to right. But for somewhere like Japan, uh, from from whence the game came, or in countries where you read a book from right to left or the art is depicted in a different way, like the left-facing orientation means a different thing in art in Japan than it does to us, Mm. there's the... Like the whole notion of death in it, the fact that dead bodies corrode and eventually explode, um, that speaks to me of like the grieving process and the effect that death can have on those that are left behind. And there's all these things that even if none of this was intended, that to me doesn't matter because like the fact that I've thought them and felt them makes them a truth. And, yeah it makes it real yeah like what yeah, you feel is so, important as what the creator intended and that's and that's where the art comes in for me it's like that's if if the art on the, if, if if art in general and stories and games and literature make me think and feel things and they are effective in that way then i i'm not you know that's the most important thing to me basically rather than is it is it objectively if that even is such a thing is it a great game is it a so it's I don't know if it's a great game, but it's it's an interesting one. Like, we can oh, talk yeah. about how interesting it is, and that's that's far more valuable to me than...
0: Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the marks of a great game is that if you're talking about it in a deep way, as to how has it affected you, um, and how has it affected people differently, and what impact has it had, then it probably is a great game. Like, you know, that doesn't mean everyone's going to love it, or, or whatever, mm. or even it's... Um, well, know it probably will be remembered because people are still talking about it. But to go back to that pizza thing, it, um, it's interesting because one of the things that is whilst Death Stranding is about loneliness and lack of connections and stuff or building these connections. One of the things that you can do in the game is <clears throat> give likes and do stuff in the game that like leaves stuff around that you can get likes for. And I think that's an interesting, um, element of it. In that it's, it's a critique on the idea that like, oh, social media and stuff like that. Well, that's how I see it. It's social media and those sort of like, like based interaction systems are supposedly making the world more connected and more engaged with each mm. other and more about sharing things. But actually, is it really, or is it just a transactional, um, relationship in I post this thing? with these with the intention with the goal the the end result is to get likes get retreats get shares whatever um but actually it's not about an emotional connection it's not about a human connection it's just it's just purely Mm. transactional and i wonder if the Mm. pizza thing as almost the ultimate transactional process in terms of a direct interaction that you can have with a human here's your pizza Here's your money see you later bye and gone um, that you don't even have to leave your house for, so you don't even have to make that leap of connection. I wonder mm. if the if that if the pizza thing is kind of another instance of showing that, the transactional nature of um interactions that we kind of yeah. that are becoming more common as things like um, you know, like uh distance communication you know, through the internet and stuff becomes the norm rather than the secondary way of communicating. And obviously with the pandemic and lockdown and stuff, that's even more relevant now Mm -hmm. um, as people are forced into that world rather than choosing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, very possibly. I think there's, there's a lot of where it comes in the game is particularly pertinent as well uh, i think i talked before about like this convenience thing you 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 go from being this person that can deliver these vital services to being something of a convenience for certain people um the fact that the pizza is ordered by the game's antagonists for you to go and find his hideout is a whole sub sub kind of theme of of secrets and and identity um but yeah there's this whole this whole thing going on in in this single moment that could by the same token, be looked at as dumb. Like somebody could look at that and go, Oh, that's dumb because I'm ordering a pizza. Why am I going to do that? And yeah, and that's not invalid. That, that is not a, I certainly don't agree with it. I think there's a whole lot more to see, but then somebody else might look at that and say, you are reading far too much into that. It's just somebody making you do something in a game that they know you're probably going to do. Um, and it's busy work. Like, there's a, you know, we criticize other games for being filled with just lists of things to do and icons all over the map, which interestingly, Death Stranding doesn't, uh, doesn't really have. It has, there's certainly a map, there's certainly some icons on it, but you don't have that. It's an open world in, in a way that we're not really used to because you don't have that idea of, uh, you don't have the idea of let's go and unlock a tower and find yeah. all of the icons that pop up and give me stuff to do. It's it's an open world that has more emergent qualities than I think we're, we're used to in modern video games. And that's, you know, it's not an open world that exists. It's not a player-orientated open world. It's just an open world in that it's a space that you can explore. And to an extent, you make your own, you derive your own enjoyment from that um and that's not you know some yeah. people are going to look at that and say that's well, just not enjoyable i don't
0: yeah well well uh, the the idea that like his games are dumb or like they they do dumb things like that's quite a common thing that people will say as well like even with like metal gear solid so like, oh my god it's so dumb look at that like boss that's like you know this weird <laughs> yep. flying guy who can like t- 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 tap into your mind and understand everything you're doing but um he uses these really exaggerated devices like that and these exaggerated scenes these exaggerated carrots to make very very um sort of poignant points so i mean in metal gear solid even though it's got a lot of shooting and people with guns in it and stuff and nuclear warheads it's an anti-war game through not only its themes and its writing but also in its action in that you're supposed to play stealth and you're rewarded for not killing people you're rewarded for being non-violent you get better rewards and so you get better score and stuff at the end if you don't kill people um but again like Death Stranding like it, people say it's silly but it's I mean what's Malga really about it's about um, it's anti-war yes that's one of its obviously big messages and it ties into a lot of post World War II feeling that Japanese people have and negativity against war and the um there's a i can't remember exactly what um the F- Japan, japanese call it it's not they do not call it the passive approach but their government they've adopted this non-violent doctrine anyway that mm. they can't they they will never invade people ever again um they can, they will defend themselves but they won't like invade mm. um but really i guess i was also about how um individuals are capable of breaking out of the of the structure and limitations from which they're born, I guess. So, Liquid Snake is, um, fueled and angry at this belief, and it's right, it's an incorrect belief, but he believes it to be true, that he's gotten the bad genes and so him and Solid are clones of Big Boss. And, um, Liquid thinks he's got the bronc, the bad genes, and Snake and Solid's got the good ones.
1: Mm. And, and you believe that as the player as well, right? Because until you find well, out until later otherwise, that's, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, being yeah. told that that's the first you hear of it. And the first you hear of it is his interpretation of it. And so you, in that way, it becomes. True for a time. It becomes true within the fiction of the world in
0: the game true. and everything, yeah, and everything you understand of it. Yeah. Um, from, from your, from Solid's perspective. Um, um, so yeah, so, so he's beating himself up over this idea that he's inferior and he's born into this inferiority. Um, and then by having you as Solid Snake literally fight someone who is wrapped up in this concept that he's born to be inferior he's saying he's commenting the idea that you know you should be fighting against the idea that you are just what you were born into that you are beholden to your ancestry that you are beholden to this and this and this restriction or limitation that you were born into like he's literally that's literally what the uh, final boss fight in that game mm. is it's you as <laughs> solid beating that concept down the concept embodied by um, liquid snake and it's interesting because he was talking about um, how, you know, his parents grew up in World War Two. They, they experienced some of World War Two, and then the Japanese inferiority that came out of World War Two that they'd just beaten in a war. American-occupied troops are much taller than them and much more muscly than them. So they've, they're just walking around. It's not only have they lost a the war, but it's constant reminder mm. that they're inferior physically. Yeah. Um, So it would make perfect sense that he would then make a game about like, no, you don't have to be bound by that sense of inferiority. Like you're not inferior. You're only inferior if you believe it to, if you believe it to be, if you believe yourself to be and then allow yourself to get caught up in that. And then that's, then you become this tormented, horrible person like liquids, like liquid snake, um, Mm. is. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so then. On by the same token, because I think it's in it's necessary to to introduce an element of, of balance to it, that none like this this doesn't mean certainly not for me, it doesn't mean that that means everything that Kojima does I think is amazing or everything that he does is Just misunderstood, and if you only got it. There's some parts of it that I understand perfectly well and just don't get on with, and don't don't it doesn't do anything for me, and I don't agree with. And I also, on on a pretty basic level, I don't think there's any game that I want to sit through 70 odd minutes of cutscenes for in one, you know, it's got a world record. Metal Gear 4 has got a world record for like longest cutscene at something like twenty seven minutes. And then longest sequence of cutscenes at 71 minutes. I don't want to, I don't get on with that. I don't want to sit through that uh, necessarily. I want to experience things through play and enjoy those feelings that I am deriving from it through playing it. But I don't want to just sit and put the controller down and, and watch it for, because I could, you know, do other stuff in that same time to to achieve or to hear those same messages so it's not I don't think it's a uh it's certainly not a question for me that well is it just that everything that Kojima does is amazing and if you just look at it in the right way because it isn't that I think and certainly you know every everything he produces has flaws but the very fact that he's attempting to produce these things I think makes for a far more interesting video game landscape than not. And he's, he's just, he's somebody that I'm always interested in what he is going to do next. That's, you know, on a very personal level of designers and, you know, video game studios. Uh, this is something we've talked about before, about this notion of maybe having a series where we look at these kinds of things. And and Kojima is one of those that, it doesn't matter what type of game he's making, I'm interested in, in what it is. Um even if I'm not particularly interested in that genre normally, or, you know, that's like horror, for example. PT, still haven't finished that. Um, The idea that he might be making another longer, fully-fledged actual horror game, rather than a, a small, a short kind of experience or demo, Uh both intrigues me and scares the crap out of me, because uh if he can make me feel the things, or if I do feel the things from playing his game's they make me think about things they stick with me the notion of being exposed to a horror game that does the same thing i mean i'm interested in it but i'm also yeah scared
0: yeah well well, i think that's because the best horror film best horror things or i would say like it's interesting for me uh, him doing a horror game is because the best horror books um games movies um are about emotion and feeling they're not about like gore and slashing mm blood oh. around the screen um it's it's about questioning some of the coreest, deepest things that you believe about yourself or 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 you the society that you live in believes about this or wants to believe about itself on the cutscene thing like i i do agree that he can be can be a bit self-indulgent and that he does um he does take his desires to uh and he fulfills on his desires in a way that isn't necessarily always to the game's best uh result but i would also say that whilst yes i probably don't want to sit through 70 minutes cutscenes in a continuous thing with only pressing an x now and again in between it I think the exception is Kojima games in that I don't mind them in his games because they are interesting and the characters are just so crazy. And, and they often do a lot of interesting things, like in the really long cutscenes that uh, I presume you're, you're referring to Metal Gear Solid. There was some Metal Gear Solid 4 ones that just sort of like went yeah. around and around and around. Yeah. But they, they do interesting things. They, they like, they focus on little things. I remember a scene where someone's cooking an egg in that in that cutscene, and, and that lasts for like a few minutes and it's just this like just amongst all this wild craziness and fighting and stuff like here's just this, this like very human moment with this person cooking an egg um and i think it's also we have to also just kind of catch ourselves a little bit as well like when i was talking about um liquid snake and the whole um being caught up in um feeling like you're limited to your ancestry and the, and the position in the world you're um you're born into and fighting against that or not fighting against it and allowing it to consume you um and that's very similar to akira as well in which tetsuo in that film gets consumed by Akira, like this sort of, this sort of force. Mm. And he allows that to consume him because he was like the run to the gang. He was the one that's like, oh, I'm never going to be above this. I'm never going to allow, I'm never going to be as cool as Kaneda and like the other people in the gang. And that, and this new thing that he's got, he's like, wow, like, okay, I'm just going to let this just take over my entire existence now because if I was mm. just left to my own devices and I was left to my own limitations, I could never be anything... Better, so like it's not like his stuff is necessarily wholly original either but but then then i wonder if that doesn't matter and in the medium that he's working in it it is it is original like it is and because he's communicating it to you through play it is original um, because of the form of its delivery
1: yeah. And that, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that. I think it, ha, watching, it's a different, it is a different art form, obviously, but it's a different, uh, sculpting that and crafting that experience is entirely different when you are not in control of, for example, the camera all the time, unless you, don't, <laughs> unless you, you take it away and you scenes. have a 70 <laughs> minute cut. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's how you get around that problem. But yeah, if you, if you're, you know, you're not, you're not engaging with something or experiencing it in a linear fashion. You're not reading a book from back to front or you're not watching a film from back to front or even, you know, music is perhaps one of the most, um for me, one of the most common parallels because the way that an album is put together is telling a story. If you decide to listen to that on shuffle, then that's doing a different thing. That's, that's in, that's experiencing that, that piece of art in a different way to, Potentially the way that it was intended, the way that it was authored, at least. Yeah. And so Kojima games are similar, um, Death Stranding in particular for me, because you can do whatever you want. You can play for eight hours and never touch the main quest line or, you know, whatever. And that to be able to still convey those themes that you're intending to convey or set up a situation where they can be experienced is very different and I think is is going to probably have more hit and miss because you're less in control as the creator. And so it's, there's a, you know, I guess, yeah, perhaps a bit more leeway should be given in terms of, did you feel this particular theme at every minute of this game? Well, of course not. Like, or in hour five, did you feel like this? Well, I was doing something different to what you were doing in hour five. So so it is it is a different thing. Um Yeah. And I
0: think tied into that as well, like the hit and miss thing, like even though you spent, a huge percentage of his crew on metal gear Solid. uh he doesn't stay still because like even within metal gear solid like mm. it's he pushes it a lot like the first couple of games were in man-made sort of closed off environments in shadow moses and the tanker but then metal gear side 3 went into the jungle metal Gear side 4 was in the you know more open world sort of um environment in the in the deserty landscape in which um there were two sets of enemies who were fighting each other. So then you're, you're, and then you're positioned, um, sort of as a wedge between them. And it's up to you how you use that against them. But guess I was five is obviously a huge, large, massive open world with loads of different environments. And then Death Stranding is a massive open world in which you're making things on the world and you're seeing the evidence of other people making it, making things onto mm. the world as well. So, um, I think he's, he does maybe have, a reputation in some circles of just kind of sticking to the same old things and it's the same old stuff that he's given you again and again. But I, I think that's a bit unfair. I think that's that's not... That's not... That's not... um That's just taking the titles of the game and saying, yeah. oh, that's another Metal Gear Solid. I yeah. Mean, well, yeah, but it's not. It's not. Like, the game, each Metal Gear Solid is different to the next in a way that few franchises are. Like, they're much more different than, like, the Uncharted games are from each other,
1: mm-hmm. for for example. Mm-hmm. Like, much more... Well, yeah, that that yeah, that's interesting. That idea that because there is a refrain which is like, oh, it's typical Kojima or something like that. But then it's like, well, well, what is it about it that's typical? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of out there. It's it's odd. It's doing these strange things. It's like if you have to be known if somehow being different and exploring different themes and presenting things in different ways somehow typifies your behaviour, then that sounds like that's a very interesting typical to be like it's typical in that what you can rely on him to do something that is against the norm. That's, I mean, good. That's surely, that's yeah, a no, good yeah. thing. Surely well, like that makes, that makes everything, is, everything he does worth looking at, at least Yeah, everything. And yeah. I, I think,
0: um, I mean, that's probably a good comment to just end a podcast on, but, um, like if, if you've got a game designer, if you've got a creator, if you've got an artist, if you've got anyone providing you with anything and, you know, everything is worth looking at because it's. You expect it to be atypical. You expect it to be challenging. You expect it to be not just derivative. Uh Then, I mean, I mean, that's that's iconic, isn't it? Surely, yeah. like that. Like if if you're in a position when you, when everything you did, like people are like, okay, we're going to look at it, no matter what, and we're going to pay real attention to try to understand this. Like that's pretty successful in my eyes. Like, um, I don't know what more someone could do really like you don't have to like you say you don't have to love all of his stuff but well maybe that's the point like even if you don't love all of his stuff i think that there's there's and even if you don't like it on a personal level if you don't find it entertaining and you don't care about the messages in it like i think there's still like has to be like a level of respect level uh levels at him like i don't think uh, i think it's disrespectful to give someone of that that's created the stuff that he's created and moved the moved the whole whole medium forward. In a way, I'm just sort of write him off as this like self indulgent sort of dreamer. Like, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous.
1: The the final thing I think I will say, yeah, we do need to wrap up. But I think the final thing I, I want to add to that, I think. Along that lines of, of giving him that time, giving him that the things that he creates, uh, the respect of looking at them. That doesn't necessarily mean to me that you need to go out and buy every one of his games and, and play them. But I would say if you haven't played Death Stranding in particular, as his most recent example, if you haven't played Death Stranding, you were turned off it at launch, I would say go and look at a lot of the media that's been produced since or a lot of the content in various forms of media that's been produced since Death Stranding came out. There are a lot more videos now about what Death Stranding is that are not based on a knee jerk reaction or that are not based on a need to get content out the door within X period of the game coming out, because that's when it's going to be most popular. And those things are far more interesting. I think those things will help anybody that hasn't played Death Stranding examine and assess whether it is for them or not far more really than a conventional review would and then you can make up your mind and then and also as an added bonus you'll probably get death stranding for an awful lot cheaper than you would have um and in fact i think is is that one of the ps plus collection games on ps5 it might be um and yeah i'm really just like that idea of staying curious like just be be curious about it and looking to it without the need to understand it fully just go into it knowing that there is stuff to be understood and open yourself up to that rather than worrying about whether you're going to get everything and it's all going to make sense like just go into it be curious and see see what you take from it so it sounds as though your job is now
0: to go away and play death stranding either again or for the first time and once you've done your homework, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Hideo Kojima and his games. You can get in touch with us on social media. We are at IndieByDesign by Design on all platforms. That's at IndieByDesign by Design on all platforms. Additionally, I'd just like to point out that we release gaming and podcast in both traditional podcast form on podcasting platforms and also via YouTube. So make of that what you will, as I know that some people prefer to use YouTube. I know that some people prefer podcasting apps. So the choice is there. Finally, as ever, don't forget to check out IndieByDesign.net where you can pick up our video game books. That's IndieByDesign.net. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week.